Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center. That's in Random Lake, Wisconsin. Um, Looks like we have a pretty terrible connection today. So if you're not able to watch this streaming, uh, it will be replayed later in this morning. All right. So we'll upload it as we have availability of bandwidth. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for this week from Matthew 7. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Matthew 7, verses 15 through 16. Our psalm for today is from Psalm 89. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? A God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him. O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your your hand, high your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face, who exult in your name all the day and in your righteousness are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. Of old you spoke in a vision to your godly one and said, I have granted help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David, my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him, so that my hand shall be established with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. 
I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love I will keep forever, or keep for him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever, and the throne of his as the days of the heavens. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my just decrees, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever, his throne as long as the sun before me. Like the moon, it shall be established forever, a faithful witness in the skies. But now you have cast off and rejected, you are full of wrath against your anointed. You have renounced the covenant with your servant, you have defiled his crown in the dust. You have breached all his walls, you have laid hold his strongholds in ruins. All who pass by plunder him, he has become the scorn of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of the foes, of his foes you have made all his enemies rejoice. You have also turned back the edge of his sword, and you have not made him stand in battle. You have made his splendor to cease, and cast his throne to the ground. You have cut short the days of his youth, you have covered him with shame. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. For what vanity you have created all the children of man. What man can live and never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Lord, where is your steadfast love of old? which by your faithfulness you swore to David. Remember, O Lord, how your servants are mocked, and how I bear in my heart the insults of many nations. With which your enemies mock, O Lord, with which they mock the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from Isaiah chapter 48. For my name's sake I will defer my anger, and for my praise I will restrain it from you, so that I do not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake I will do it. For how should my name be profaned, and I will not give my glory to another? Listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel my called. I am he, I am the first, I am also the last. Indeed, my hand has laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand has stretched out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand up together. All of you, assemble yourselves and hear. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arms shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken, yes, I have called him. I have brought him, and his way will prosper. Come near to me, hear this, 
I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was I was there. And now the Lord God and his Spirit have sent me. Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of the sand. His name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Yes, I see a comment. The connection is not very good. This is absolutely true. Um, and there's quite literally nothing <laughs> that I can do about it. Uh, so apologies to you all. I had hoped that it would improve as I began, but it seems to just be getting worse. All right. Our reading for catechesis today is Matthew chapter 19. Now, it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. And Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning, quote, made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her, who is divorced, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, All cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. All right, I'm just going to leave a note in the chat here about the connection for the replay. Okay, very good. So, catechesis on this text. Where was Jesus going? Verse 1. He left Galilee to go to Judea, beyond the Jordan. Uh, now, when he was there, who came to test him? The Pharisees, yes. And what did they ask? This question about marriage and divorce, right? Whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason. Uh, and what law were they thinking about? When they say lawful, they mean the law according to Moses. That's right. Now, what does Jesus use to answer their question? He asks if they have read the creation account yeah, from Genesis regarding male and female. 
Why is this important? Think about the order of, of things here. Yeah, the creation account comes prior to the fall into sin and from the curse and also the giving of the law by Moses. So what conclusion does Jesus offer? What God has joined together, let not man separate, right? Now, they objected to this conclusion, and how did they object to it? You see this uh, in verse 7. Yeah, they appealed to Moses' command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away. Uh, now, the background of this is from Deuteronomy chapter 24. So I'll, I'll go there and just uh, give you a little bit of a recap. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanness in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. When she has departed from his house and goes and becomes another man's wife, if the latter husband detests her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of the house, or if the latter husband dies, who took her as his wife, then the former husband who divorced her must not take her back to be his wife after she has been defiled. For that is an abomination before the Lord. And you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Well, um, so it might strike you as a kind of archaic law. But this is, uh, this is kind of the summary of what's going on there. Moses had directed that a man could not take back his wife if she'd married someone else after having been given a certificate of divorce and if she was then widowed or divorced again. All right, so don't take her back. The original certificate was given when the wife did not find favor, that is grace, in her husband's eyes because of uncleanness in her. All right. Now, if the first husband took her back, this was an abomination before the Lord and would bring sin on the land given as an inheritance. Again, it seems, um, well, a little... Like I said, archaic, maybe um, difficult to understand what what this was all about, or what was the benefit of this command. Why do you think this only referred to men divorcing women? Hmm. Let me stretch your mind here a little bit. Remember that marriage is given as a testimony to the relationship of Christ to His Church. All right, which Saint Paul is very clear about in Ephesians five. Um, but this is, uh, Paul's not deriving this uh, out of thin air. He's getting this from the Old Testament scriptures. So um, here's an example from Ezekiel chapter 23. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's about the two harlot sisters. One is Samaria, the other is Jerusalem. So for example, um, this is regards to Samaria. They uncovered her nakedness took away her sons and daughters, and slew her with the sword. She became a byword among women, for they had executed judgment on her. Um, but then regarding Jerusalem, she revealed her harlotry and uncovered her nakedness. Then I alienated myself from her, as I had alienated myself from her sister. All right, so we have the, the two nations being referred to as sisters, um, both of whom um, are cut off, you know, divorced in a sense. So the ultimate point is God's desire for his own bride Israel and the church. Once she has joined herself to another husband, or, or rather, I think we would say God in this case, apart from repentance, she cannot be taken back. The image suggests that judgment on is uh, suggests the judgment of Israel 
and Jerusalem then uh, for rejecting Christ. All right. So why had Moses permitted divorce, according to Jesus? This is an accommodation, if you like, because of the hardness of men's hearts. Now, how is um, that term hardness of heart often used in the Old Testament? Yeah, it's used to describe Israel who would not listen to the Lord. Let me give you another example of that. Um, you know, those prophets around the time of Ezekiel, um, Hosea is another example of this, Micah is one too, refers to um, Israel's unfaithfulness as being um, harlotry. They're playing the whore. So for example, Ezekiel 3 verse 7, but the house of Israel would not listen to you because they would not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Right? So there's another example. There's an example of hard-hearted. Now, what should um, they be using, these Pharisees, be using as a basis for considering marriage and divorce, according to Jesus? Yeah, the way that God gave marriage from the beginning. Not all, if you like, the exceptions or the uh, ways that uh, man has distorted that view. Um, sense. Now, what is true of the man who divorces his wife and marries another, according to Jesus? He's guilty of adultery. And what exceptions does Jesus include? Well, one exception, right? Except in the case of sexual immorality, right? Where, uh, where she has, well, forsaken the marriage covenant and joined herself bodily in marriage to another man. What does Jesus say about the man who marries a divorced woman? So this is the other man, right? Yeah, he commits adultery. So what conclusion did the disciples make? They understand this rightly, I think, in verse 10. Yeah, if it's like this, it's just better not to marry at all. <laughs> uh, now, who will accept these words of Jesus? Not many, he says but to those who it has been given. Now, what's all this business about the eunuchs uh, in verse 12? Yeah, well, I don't know exactly what's going on there. I may give you a little bit in the meditation. Some were born that way from their mother's womb, he says. Some were made eunuchs by men, right? And that's uh, usually like in temple courts or um, uh, political courts, right? The court of a king, for example. And some make themselves eunuchs for the for the kingdom of heaven's sake, which is also interesting. <laughs> All right, so this is a hard teaching. Um, here's meditation, and maybe this will help um, give some direction for you. Marriage is not defined by sinful men, but by the Creator who gave marriage as a gift. Those who are the new creation through holy baptism confess that the two became one flesh in marriage. Just as Christ becomes one flesh with his bride, the church, so male and female are one in marriage. If the woman has joined herself to another in adultery, the union is broken. If the man continues sexual relations with her, he has now become one flesh with a third party. Indeed, the believer in Christ may be born like a eunuch, may be made one by an earthly, may be made one by an earthly authority, or may avoid sexual relations after his wife has committed adultery with another. The disciples questioned whether a man should even marry under such conditions. 
But the statement that it is not good for man to be alone reminds us how necessary marriage is even in the sinful world. Why is there only a reference to a man being permitted to divorce his wife? Here God teaches us about his relationship to us. We cannot divorce him, but he may cut the union with those who insist upon seeking another groom, that is, worshiping idols. All right. Imagine you might have questions about it, so um, again, feel free to uh, you know, email or text me or um, post a question, your question below um, in the comments, and uh, we'll do our best to answer them. All right, our catechism for this week is the Lord's Prayer, First Petition, Hallowed Be Thy Name. What does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we, as the children of God, lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. We pray. Heavenly Father, you hallow your name among us when your word is taught in its truth and purity, and we, as your dear children, also lead holy lives according to it. We give thanks to you for the gift of your word, for our pastors, parents, and others who teach it, and for the holy lives of all your faithful Christians who live according to it. Forgive us for the many ways in which we profane your holy name among us by failing to teach your word in its truth and purity, to pray for our pastors and teachers, or to lead holy lives. Protect us from false doctrine and evil living. Help all who are called to teach and preach your word to do so with faithfulness, and grant us to receive your word rightly, that our lives may be made holy by it. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Tuesday, let us pray for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. Let us pray for all our first responders, doctors, nurses, and all who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for an end to anxious thoughts and constant worry, that God would provide peace and joy in every circumstance. We pray for deliverance against tempt, uh, pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. We pray for our military personnel. We pray for those who today celebrate their birthday, Declan and Dick. We pray for those who rejoice in the gift of their baptism, Deborah. Pray for those who are rejoicing with Thanksgiving, Autumn. With successful surgery. And we pray for those who are ill or will be undergoing operations, especially Marcella, Jan, Ron, David, Carol, Brad, Janet, and Carol, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, and Roger. We pray for a peaceful end for Steve Siebenhaller. We pray for the family and friends of John Borgenhagen and Jim Geyser who grieve their death. Pray for those who are isolated at home, Willis and Janice, Mickey and Bev. We pray for all of our missionaries, especially for those uh, in LCMS World Relief and Human Care, 
and for the Federowitz family. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the collect for this week. Grant to us, Lord, the spirit to think and to do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without you may be enabled by you to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week. Come death now or tomorrow.
Jesus Christ, my Lord, so meek and at word, you suffered death to save us because your love would have us. Beings of heavenly gladness, when ends this life of sadness. So be it that I say with all my heart each day, dear Lord, we all adore you, we sing for joy before you. While here we wander until we praise you yonder. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today on this August 4th, 2020. Uh, apologies for those of you who tried to watch it live. Um, well, it's hard to apologize. I don't have much defense. <laughs> there's nothing I can really do about it. So some days come in and uh, there's just no connection here uh, to speak of. So uh, Lord willing, you'll see it on replay later today and God's blessings uh, on your day.